Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. God wants what is best for you. And, and God knows what is best for you. Now that doesn't mean you're going to have a nice, easy, comfortable life and always get what you want. Okay, don't confuse the best with the way you define the best. You see, the, the, the God of the whole universe knows you by name. He sees your heart. He sees your pain. And he wants to give you the very best. But so often we don't experience God's best in our life. So often we get seduced by the world's lies and so we no longer experience God's best. So often we start off well, we put our faith in Jesus, we receive the Spirit of God, we start growing, we start progressing, and then we kind of get stuck. We kind of get you know, uh, stuck with some uh, addiction and bad habit or we get caught up and trapped in some sort of uh, destructive lifestyle. Have you experienced that? Or is it just me? <laughs> and so often, people who genuinely love God, who are followers of Jesus, they genuinely love God and they follow Jesus, but their life doesn't quite match up. So they live this kind of double life of secret sin, inner guilt. And, and so often, we aren't experiencing God's best in our life. Why? And, and how can we overcome that? That's what we're going to be looking at Today We continue our series, All In for Jesus. Uh, last week, you remember, we looked at our relationship with God. Surrender. And this week, we're going to be looking at our relationship to the world, to the world's values. And the question we are going to be asking is, how do we get God's best for our life? And Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 answers that question. And it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. Notice the structure. There's two commands, and then a purpose clause, a reason. Firstly, a negative command. Then a positive command, and then a purpose clause, the reason. So firstly, we're going to be looking at the negative command. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now, the, the word conform, I'm just going to get technical for a little moment. The verb conform is in the passive voice. That the passive voice means the subject is being acted upon. The active voice in the Greek grammar means that the subject is doing the action. 
But over here, it's the passive voice. That means you are not doing the action. You are not doing the conforming. It's the world that is doing the action. It's the world that is conforming you. You're just passive. And because it's in the passive voice, it implies that this is often happening subconsciously. You're not even aware of it. The world is conforming you and shaping you and molding you, and you don't even realize. And so what Paul is really saying over here is stop allowing yourself to be molded and shaped by the patterns of this world. What does Paul mean by the patterns of this world? Well, he's not talking about the geographical world. He's talking about a a system of values, a, a mindset, a worldview. He's talking about the values of our world. He's talking about the the, the values and and what our world and what our culture says is very important, what our world and our culture says is, is really important, how we need to find true happiness. So Paul is really saying, stop allowing yourself to be molded and shaped by the influences and the values of this present world system. And the the Greek word translated world could also be translated this present age. And in the New Testament, we often have the phrase, this present evil age. From the New Testament's perspective, this age is evil. And so it's talking about a system of values that has absolutely no reference to God. But even more so, It's talking about a system of values that is actually energized by evil, by the demonic. And we know in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that the thief, that Satan, comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. His sole purpose and aim is to destroy your life, to ruin your relationships, and separate you from God. And so what Paul is really saying over here is stop allowing Satan to dupe you, con you, trick you, promise you life and love and power through a seductive world system that will only deliver disappointment, defeat, depression, and make you a slave to sin. You see, the world is very seductive. It has the the power to to mold you and shape you and to steal your heart and your affections away from God. How exactly does the world conform us, shape us, and and mold us into its mold? Well, in 1 John chapter 2, in verses 15 to 17, we're told how. In verse 15 it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in them. 
take note of the word love. Do not love the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father. You see, so often when we talk about not conforming to the world, it, it, it so often gets re reduced to, here is a list of things you should not do, and here's another list of things you should not do. It gets reduced to externals. What I wanted you to see is that this system of values, this, this power that seduces you, goes far deeper than externals. It's, all about, it's relational. It's about the heart. What do you really love? Where are your affections? Verse 16 says, For everything in the world, and so here John is about to actually define the, the worldly systems, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. And then notice his commentary at the end. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And so what we discover over here is the, the worldly system, the values of the world, has three main components. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh is the passion to feel. It's that desire and that craving for pleasure that often comes out in sex or food. The lust of the eyes is the, is, is the passion to have. It's our desire and craving for possessions. I have to have that. The pride of life is the passion to be. It's our desire and our craving for position, for status. I have to be a somebody. Or the way the New Living Translation puts it, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. And so the way the world seduces us away from our love for Jesus is by pleasure, possessions, and position. Some people say that the world is really all about sex, salary, and status. Now take note. All of these desires are legitimate. They are legitimate desires. What the enemy does is creates a system to deliver legitimate needs in illegitimate ways and thereby destroying you. And the way the world seduces us is by over-promising and under-delivering. The world will say to you, you want to be fulfilled, you want to be happy, you need, you need pleasure, you need possessions, you need position. If you get these, you will be fulfilled. But it over-promises and under-delivers 
and you're always left unfilled. So you're always left gratifying more and needing more. And so we, we work longer hours to acquire more stuff and, and, and greater position and status that never fills us. But we are so seduced by the lie that we just keep on wanting more and more. And so we end up working these insane hours that destroys our relationship with our spouse and our family, trying to achieve this pleasure and passion and position that never fulfills us. And we look at the people's lives that have the most money, the biggest houses, the sexiest bodies, the celebrities, when we look, take a closer look at their life, we see the greater, a greater percentage of divorce, depression, suicide, substance abuse and addiction, emptiness. It's like everyone's this crazy picture of everyone chasing this, this rainbow, the pot of gold of, of, of pleasure, possessions, and position. And those who have it come out and say, It's empty. It's empty. And it's all invasive. The the world's values, the, the, the promotion of the world's values is, is everywhere. It's in every advert, every commercial, every billboard, every magazine, every newspaper, every movie, every TV program, every radio station, every social media platform. Wherever you go, it's all invasive. It's where you work, it's where you shop. I mean, you go to the, the checkout counter at the supermarket... And the world is screaming its values at you. You've got the cleverly placed adverts, the cleverly placed magazines, and they're shouting out to you, you need to have multiple sexual relationships. You need money. You need to be rich and famous. You need to, you need to be a somebody. You need sex, power, money, position. And you're just trying to buy groceries. It's all invasive. And so the negative command, stop allowing yourself to be molded and shaped by the influences and the values of this present world system. Be aware that it's happening. Don't let it happen to you. But that's not enough. And so we have the positive command, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Greek word translated transformed is metamorpho, which, which is where we get our word metamorphosis from. You know how a caterpillar will be completely changed from the inside out. It will go through a metamorphosis and it becomes a butterfly. In the same way, we need to be completely changed from the inside out, completely transformed. But take note, it's also in the passive voice. What does that mean? It means we are not the ones doing the transforming. 
It means you can't change yourself. You can never change yourself. Only God can change you. It's God who is doing the transforming. How? How does God transform you? By the renewing of your mind. It's a a supernatural event. It's the Spirit of God taking the Word of God to renew your mind. It's the Spirit of God taking the Word of God to change your thinking, your attitudes, your desires, and it completely changes you, but from the inside out. Transformation. But take note, it's a command. So we are commanded to let God transform us. Like, how? What does that mean? It means we've got a part to play. It means we have to cooperate with the Spirit of God. See, you can place yourself into a position where the world is influencing you, changing you, molding you, shaping you, or you can put yourself into a position where the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, is transforming you, renewing your mind and transforming you. You see, we can't change ourselves by trying harder. You can't change yourself by saying, well, I'm just going to try really, really hard to be like Jesus. I'm going to try really, really hard to to, to be kind and to be more loving. It'll never work. You can't change yourself. If you try that, it'll lead to one of two outcomes. If if you're strong-willed, if you're really strong-willed, it will end up with you conforming to a set of religious rules legalism, and you will become self-righteous like a Pharisee, but it won't change your heart. Or if you're not strong-willed like me, it will lead to frustration and failure. And then you'll either start faking it and pretending you're holy and become a hypocrite, Or you'll become disillusioned, cynical, and finally give up. But you can't change yourself. Only God can change you. So what Paul is saying over here, but allow God to completely change your inward thinking and your outward behavior by cooperating wholeheartedly, moment by moment, With the Spirit's renewing process. Are you shaped more by the world or by the Word? The Word of God. Are you shaped and molded by the influences of the the world? Or is the Spirit of God transforming you through the Bible and the people of God? You see, the world is saying, conform, conform, conform. And the Spirit of God is saying, be transformed.
You are what you eat. Period. You are what you eat physically. You are what you eat spiritually. So what does your mental diet look like? What is the the ratio between the amount of time you spend in the Word of God compared to the, the amount of time you receive the world's message through newspaper, through magazines, through radio, through TV, through movies, through TikTok, through social media, and so on and so on. For you are what you eat. Perhaps God is calling you to fast media, to limit some of the media, or maybe to go into a media fast for a few days. I try every Saturday, most Saturdays I succeed, I try every Saturday to have a media fast, especially from social media. And it's so good just to unplug for a day and not be bombarded with the world's values. Maybe God's calling you to give up or fast media for a while. Or perhaps God is calling you to to read the Bible more, to get more into the Word of God. Every Christian knows that reading the Bible is very important, but sometimes I wonder if we know why. Sometimes we seem to think, oh, it's just a duty we need to do or a way of relieving some guilt. Well, the first reason why we should read the Bible is simply because we love Jesus and we've surrendered to Jesus and we've said we're all in for, with Jesus and, and so we just want to spend time in His Word. But a second reason is because when we prayerfully read the Bible and allow God to speak to us by His Spirit, It leads to transformation. It's a supernatural event. The the Spirit of God will start changing the way you think, changing your attitudes, changing your desires, changing your passions, and you'll start becoming transformed. I've never met a person who hasn't experienced a radical and an amazing change in their life over time when they've changed their mental diet. It leads to transformation. Let's get practical for a moment. Practical ways to renew our minds. Firstly, come to church regularly. I know, it's a novel idea, but when the people of God gather together and worship God together and listen to God's word together, our minds are renewed. Come to church regularly. Secondly, read the Bible regularly. Another novel idea. And there are so many good devotions out there to help you to do this. You can download devotions onto your phone for free. You just go to the App Store. You can download a whole lot of devotions for free. One that I find very helpful and I can recommend is the, the Bible in One Year by Nikki Gumbel. 
from the Alpha course. You'll go through the whole Bible in a year. It's excellent. Another really good one is the Lectio 365. It's a bit shorter, just focuses on one passage. It's more prayerful, but it's excellent and it's free. Or you can get the Version Bible. There are so many different devotions and reading plans on that app, and it's all free. So do get stuck into the Bible. But do make sure that you actually read the Bible itself and not just the commentary. The commentary is extremely helpful, but you need to get into the Word of God for yourself. Because... When temptation comes and when uh, challenges comes and when there's bad behavior and, 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 and addiction, when there's a crisis in your marriage, what you need is God to speak to you directly from His Word because that's where conviction comes. The, the, the commentary is very helpful. That's what they believe. But what do you believe? So read the Bible. Secondly, use the time in your car wisely. Don't just listen to the radio. You listen to Christian worship, some worship songs. Listen to a sermon. Uh, we put all our sermons onto podcasts. You can re-listen to them. Or listen to a great Christian podcast. Or listen to a devotion. All those devotions I just mentioned, they all have audio. You can listen to them while you're driving. Use the time in your car wisely or the time when you go for a walk or you go... Uh, jog in, put some earphones on, or time in a train. Use your time wisely. Fourth, read Christian books. There are lots of good Christian books out there. Read them. Fill your mind with the things of God. Fifth, watch the Bible. We live in an age where we can actually watch the Bible. You can watch the Bible Project videos. They've got really good animated videos that bring the Bible to life and explain the Bible in great depth. There's The Chosen, which is a TV series, free. All of this is free. You can get an app. You can watch the whole series about the life of Jesus. Victoria and I have recently started watching this rather than watching some rubbish on Netflix. And I can tell you, it's really good. It's really inspiring. As, as I watch this, this Jesus in the, in, in the Chosen TV series interacting with other people, it inspires me. So there are really a number of practical ways that we can renew our mind. I can remember when I was young and I first became a Christian, I, I struggled with a lot of, lot of addictions, and I, I, was, I, was, I would get drunk often. I, I, I was addicted to bad language and bad behavior. And I can remember trying really, really hard to change, but I couldn't. And then I just started getting into the Bible. I just started reading the Bible, and as I was reading the Bible, different verses would jump out at me, and so I would write them down. I would write them down in the back cover. You've got those last few blank pages. I just started writing down all these verses whenever God was speaking to me that I held dear. And, and then I started memorizing them. There was about 50 or 60 verses there. And I was memorizing, trying to memorize all these verses and, and, and references. You know what happened? I started to change. I started to be transformed. 
I, I didn't get drunk anymore. I, I didn't ha- have bad language anymore. I was being transformed. My, my passions and my desires and my cravings were changing. I didn't even realize at first, but I just slowly, over time, started changing. And when I would have a big question or a concern, and I was praying about it, suddenly a verse would pop into my head, and it would be the answer. Or I would be speaking to someone, and I wouldn't know what to say, and suddenly a verse would pop into my head, and and it would be spot on. Another good way just to fill your mind with the Word of God is through Christian worship songs and hymns. There are songwriters who have reflected and meditated on the Word of God, and then they've written a song or a hymn about it. And then we learn the hymn and we, or the song and we sing it, we are unknowingly renewing our mind on the Word of God. Auntie Anne, she's gone downstairs, so I won't embarrass her. But Auntie Anne is, is a, a great example of this. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation with Auntie Anne, and, and she will suddenly say, or, or we've been praying. Often it's when while we're praying, and she will suddenly say, oh, while we were praying, or while we were talking, suddenly this line from a hymn popped into my head. I tell you, every time it's bang on. Just fill your mind. With the things of God. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Finally, question. Why? Why should we do all of this? Well, this brings us to our purpose clause, the reason. Then you. See, not not someone out there. You. You personally. We'll be able to test and approve. You, you will, will experience and know for yourself what God's will is. He's good. It's beautiful. It's attractive. It's satisfying. Pleasing. Pleasing to God and pleasing to you. And perfect will. It's perfect for you. In other words, you will begin to start experiencing God's best for your life. How do we do that? By saying, no, we won't conform to the world. And saying, yes, we will be transformed. Let's pray. As we pray, let's reflect on two questions. Just two questions. What one thing do you sense God by His Spirit is saying that you need to say no to? Something that's going into your mind. uh, What's that one thing that is wooing your heart away from God? And perhaps the first step is just to say, no. And then, what one thing uh, of reading the Bible, memorizing, or or listening to your car, all those things we're talking about, what, what one thing do you sense God by His Spirit is saying that you need to take up 
in order to renew your mind or, or further renew your mind. Just spend a moment reflecting on that, allowing God to speak to you. And then in the quietness of your heart, make that commitment to God. Heavenly Father, we, we acknowledge that it's so easy for us to be seduced by the world. Often we don't even aware that it's happening. Please help us to be more aware. Help us to guard our hearts. To take every thought captive. To limit the world's messages. So that it won't influence us, shape us and mold us. And then Father, we want to open ourselves up to your Holy Spirit. And allow your Spirit to take the Word of God. And to transform us, to change our thinking, our passions, our desires, our cravings. To transform us from the inside out. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.